Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. Returning guest, Ed Bacha from the Unaired Podcast. Um, Ed Bacha and friends watch shows that were canceled with episodes left unaired and pitch their ideas of how the show would have proceeded if it hadn't been canceled. Really cool concept. Um, I love this show so much. I've actually been a guest on it twice. Ed's been a podcast on here. Uh, guest now twice, so got you back, Ed. Uh, Ed's one of my oldest uh, podcast buds. Ed's the man. I really love talking to him, and he's just one of those people, you know, you just meet and you just, you just vibe right away. So any chance we get a chance to, 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 to chat, I'm always excited. I would love this podcast. Some of the episodes I would say, if you're new to it, you want to check it out. If you're a fan of this show, you can go back and listen to me, obviously. But, uh, you know, Jesse Thorne from uh, Maximum Fun Network, or Bullseye, he did a great episode about um, uh, Police Academy. Some of the folks from Rooster Teeth have been on. Jacob Howell, uh, past guest Jacob Howler did an episode about The Tick, the, uh, the original Tick with Patrick Warburton. It was fucking great, so I definitely recommend digging around some of these podcasts, digging around on Aired's uh, back episodes. They've got a lot of great stuff on there. Uh, Ed's a good cat, good dude to support. I want to say thank you to everyone who was able to attend our the recent panel that I was mo- I got to moderate with the What's Your Club with the What's Your Writers Club. A special thank you to Jody for all of your time and making me feel comfortable and guiding me through the entire process of moderating my first panel. And we we put a lot of work into it, and I am so grateful. Um, our panelists we had Daniel Denver from the Dig. Caitlin Durante and Jamie Loftus from the Bechtel cast, Mary and Blake Larson from Mary and Blake Media Company, and Christina, I'm so sorry, I forgot your last name, from the Spark Up PVD podcast, and your answers were fantastic. Uh, This was a free virtual uh, webinar, essentially, and that will be available on YouTube and should be on the feed uh, relatively soon. I'm waiting just to hear back from the club. Um, Ed came on this podcast we recorded this early March of this year, so this is before everything. Yeah, that's right. Everything happened. I'm pretty sure it's actually right before I even started putting together the Avengers team. Um, I think it must have been around the same time I just met Will, but I'm not entirely sure. So a lot has changed for the podcast and the world in the last few months. So uh, really cool. This is like it's really cool to you know I was. I, Ed was super nice to let me keep pushing back, putting his releasing his episode, because I kind of wanted to you know we were having a bit of a we had a really good run recently, so I wanted to you know give as many the opportunity for as many listeners to hear this because Ed deserves it because Unaired is great. Uh, anything else to get to? You know, let's just keep this kind of short. Check out Unaired podcast online. You know, all the podcast platforms. It's just unaired.podpeen unair.podbean.com and you can find us on letschatpodcast.net and at letschatpodcast all the things and let's get to it of unaired about a year a year and a half ago and i i which fucking really threw me for a loop because i know we had done one before that and then you had to come on and i don't know if you find this because you you you've been kicking ass uh by the way in the podcasting 
uh, game uh, since that year and a half. I I was listening to uh, one of your more some of the more recent ones again. So I, uh, like you know, do my research, if you will. And uh, I just have to say that uh, I, I mean this is a compliment that you've gotten so much better. Not that you were ever bad, but do you feel more comfortable? Yeah, I definitely feel like I've kind of like this past year, year and a half. I feel like I've kind of like settled into what I think the show is and like what it's going to be from this point on. And it's, I mean, your sound is better. You are as a host, I feel like is a much more better. And, um, dude, you've had some pretty great rest. Like, so like, well, it's not, I, I don't want to do, uh, right, let me start from the beginning. Cause I don't want to do like a full recap of everything that we might've talked about like a couple of years ago. So we'll just assume they've listened to that. Uh, but let's just for anyone listening, um, where have you, what, let's, What's up? What have you been up to the last year and a half-ish? You know, besides getting uh, Jesse Thorne and Rooster Teeth and all these fucking fantastic guests on your show. Uh, honestly, just kind of been, uh, you know, working on getting the podcast kind of nailed down to what it's essentially been. Um, definitely been trying to streamline it a little bit more. Um, I know I definitely... Um, I switched up the release dates a little bit to kind of work out better for me. And I've started, for the most part, kind of pre-recording, getting stuff done, like, months in advance. Sometimes that kind of fails on me. Uh, I was supposed <laughs> to get an episode out uh, this past Tuesday when we're recording, but things didn't go well. So uh, that's that got pushed to the next week. But, you know, for the most part, I feel like I've kind of, both relaxed and kind of tightened the grip on the podcast, if that makes any sense. No, it makes makes total sense. I know exactly. I know exactly what you mean. I yeah, it's organization's hard for me, and I, you know, like we're like kind of in the same boat of like a hobbyist. I'm sure you would also love to do this professionally for a living, but uh, but it's like at this point, I'm not able to. So it's like tough because you have to balance like relationships and jobs and life <laughs> exactly and, and that gets really hard and the older you get it it's hard to your time just becomes more limited and stuff and it it's harder it can become more difficult to create carve out that hour and sometimes i like i would i don't I'd ever run into this issue and have this like kind of guilt issue of like i'm putting a lot of time and effort to like record to strangers but why am i not like going out and dinner with my friends and stuff like that but um I, 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 now I'm happy with that. I, I've been trying to do that more too, but, um, I just, it's, I don't know about you, but I get an itch if I don't record for after, if I don't record a podcast within like a, maybe a week or two, I start to get a little itchy. Like I like, it's almost like I, 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 as you may or may, if anyone listening may or not, know, I had come pretty close to hanging it up and now I'm just like, I can't imagine my life without it at this point. It's like, it's almost like, I don't want to say addiction cause that's the wrong word, but it is compulsion. Maybe it's a compulsion, but I, Fulfilled. I've, I found myself becoming more fulfilled from doing it than I ever have before. Yeah, it definitely feels like that. Like, ironically, I am obsessive compulsive. Like, I have OCD and I have tried to, like, hang this up a few times. Like, I've gone on hiatus multiple times and every time it just, like, keeps coming back to me. I'm like, eh, you know, I, I, I kind of got bored. Like, I want to get back into this. And something every time something just drags me back in, and I'm glad it does. <laughs> yeah, and 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 same here, and and it's like that the other side of it is too. It's like, well, you know, um, 
I don't even consider tonight like we're recording a podcast. I'm like, well, I'm just like I'm doing the thing I want to do. I'm I'm hanging out with my friend, and it's like you know, like there's like, like you and tons of people I've never actually met in real life, but like I talk to or communicate with. On, uh, you know, we did a couple podcasts together, and, and all of a sudden we've known each other for like two or three years without even trying. Exactly. It's so weird that like just through this weird hobby, like people are able to like make friends throughout the country, throughout countries, like internationally, like. I know people from New Zealand that I've had on the show and I'm like, I'm friendly with them still. And yeah, it's just so weird. <laughs> One of the stranger experiences for me, a uh, long time I was on this, you know, I don't even know if it's still around, but I was on this pot. I had some friends, made some friends for this hobby. They had a podcast called we are not here to please you. I want to say they were in Finland. If I remember, this is a while back and they were, their episodes would run on some radio station, probably like a college radio or something smaller. I don't recall. But every so often, Mike, I would get tweets that like I would be on a radio station, like our episode that I had recorded would be on a radio station in Finland. Uh, and I'm just like, wow, what a what a weird world. What, what, That's so awesome. <laughs> like, it, it's cool. And like, because like, I'm like, I'm literally sitting in my bedroom. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm sitting in my old bedroom in my attic. And like, meanwhile, like stuff like that. Like I'll look at my statistics on like Podbean and it'll be like, Oh, someone from Spain was listening. Like people in for some reason, Japan are listening. Like, <laughs> Oh, it's, it's, it's so wild. And I, so I, I'm curious for you, like, um, you have the coolest concept and I wonder how much that helps you getting these great guests that you've been continuously, like you've always had great guests, but you've been continuously getting, I was listening to uh, the one with the gentleman from Rooster Tooth. I don't remember his name. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Oh, yep. Eric from uh, Rooster Teeth. Eric. And it sounded like when uh, from like, you said in the episode, like he had already seen the very show you were going to pitch to him. But like it seems like people are excited to do your podcast when they come on, like from all the ones I've listened to and, and myself when, when we first met. Because it's a really cool concept. And for anyone who doesn't know, do you mind giving them like a quick elevator pitch? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so on my show, Unaired, with an exclamation point, it's very important, um, we watch uh, weird TV shows that were canceled before their first season ended, and they were kind of left with episodes left unaired. So we get, like, very bizarre shows. Um, a lot of shows don't make it past the pilot stage. So, like, we get weird shows, like, there was one called Where's Rodney, where Rodney Dangerfield was essentially, like, this weird genie to a kid. Like, a kid would say, like, Rodney, and, like, Rodney Dangerfield would pop up and give him advice. Like, <laughs> just weird stuff like that. Who thinks of that stuff? Um, I assume they were on a lot of drugs. <laughs> I know, because, like, from what what I know a little bit of that, like, industry, it's just, like, the amount of time and money and resources that they, they go into it, it just seemed like such an odd business model to, like, make a bunch of pilots and then just, like, all right, we're done. Like, I don't. No, I, I don't quite understand. I mean, I'm not an MBA. I don't have an MBA or anything, but it's just it's so odd to me that they would like hire Rodney Dangerfield, do all this stuff, and then they just like they make ep they make shows and they'll like make the whole season and then they do like uh, what one episode airs and then it's just gone. Yeah, you know, I, television's changed quite a lot too. Oh yeah, it's weird because like most modern shows, they'll just like burn them off. And it, it it's typically something that happened like early 2000s and before that, like modern day, you don't typically see that happen. Like there's an occasional uh, an occasional show that kind of does that for a variety of reasons. Like some of them are 
terrible ratings, like so bad that they couldn't justify it or something like offensive that like, yeah. they're like, okay, we can't put the rest of this on. Yeah, cause now that but, stuff will go to like Hulu or Netflix or Voodoo or Crackle or one of these like, you know, streaming sites. Exactly. There was a show, um, a couple years ago, uh, it was called Selfie and it had John Cho and Karen Gillian. I actually and, watched the pilot. Yeah, that's one of the shows that like it got canceled and they didn't finish airing the episodes on ABC. They just threw it over to Hulu. Yeah, at one point too, the Mindy Project, remember they canceled Mindy Project and then Hulu picked it up? Yep, that's that's also a thing. Like we're getting revivals of shows. Yeah, like I don't know, were you a Veronica Mars fan? Uh I wasn't, which is weird because I liked iZombie. Like I feel like it's probably like a similar tone cuz it's Rob Thomas. Yeah, yeah. It it's definitely earlier, especially the then the they you know they did the reboot of it it was fucking dark as hell i really loved it oh that's right you know it's funny i was thinking today my memories not existent and whenever you do a podcast you'll talk to someone for an hour sometimes an hour more or whatever and usually like one thing sticks out in your head that you think you talked about the entire time then maybe you go back and listen to it and find out you like bring it up but for some reason i remember talking to you about brooklyn 99 and you being the first person I met outside of, like, my wife who watched it. And I don't know what else we talked about two, three years ago, whatever it was. But we both liked Brooklyn Nine-Nine and iZombie. And iZombie, those were the two things I remember connecting with you on. I hope we said something else that was better than that. But I really, that's what, that's what really <laughs> stuck with me. Honestly, the Brooklyn Nine-Nine conversation is what stuck with me, too. Because I, yeah, oh, I remember, like, I was thinking back on it earlier. I was just like, oh, we were talking about how, like, crazy it was that there was a network show that had, like, such, like, diverse representation. Yes. Okay. Go us. I. I. It, and that's become like my wife and I have the certain shows that just such hold and, and with all and pop culture and all, but um in our hearts and become like a theme and like we get really into Christmas like we go all out and one thing that we love of a fanatic of is like fan art and stuff you see at Comic Con and this year Brooklyn Nine Nine was one of the themes I went with. I had gotten her a uh, mug with Jake and Amy on it and then I bought her like a. For like the card for all the gifts, I got her one that said with Jake and Amy. It says, "I love your butt." <laughs> but it's become such like a deeply personal, like it, like how The Simpsons was growing up for me. Like it's become that level of a show. Like it is so funny. It's somehow as good as it ever it was in the beginning. It somehow just keeps getting better. Um, I find it take it tackles issues about like you don't usually see about police forces. It's and no matter how much praise and critics love it, I'll, it's going to be that show I'm like, no matter how much it's loved, I think it's still underrated because it's just like, I, I'm generally, it's one of the few, maybe one of two shows on television, maybe three at the moment, that I will get a legitimate belly laugh every episode. Yeah, I feel like NBC, like, hit it out of the park with a lot of their shows because recently it switched over to NBC. Oh, which, and I think it got better. It did. And I know um when it switched over, like, the people that, we're in charge. We're like, yeah, this is where it belonged in the first place because it's a Mike Sure show, and yeah. like he did The Office, Parks and Rec, and it it definitely had like that feel. So it's weird that it aired on Fox initially, because they can't they couldn't swear on Fox, but on NBC they could bleep it out, and then they really played with it. Do you happen to listen to the Brooklyn Nine Nine podcast? I just started that. I think I'm on the third episode. Oh, it's so good. And this is why I love talking to you, because you're the kind of person like me who has to watch the television show and listen to the accompanying podcast. Oh, yeah. When The Good Place was still on, I did The Good Place podcast, all that. <laughs> I could kiss you on the lips right now, Ed, because I just wrote down <laughs> The Good Place and circled it, because I wanted to, I was like, I hope you watched it. Um, 
So anyone listening, we're just going to talk about television mostly because that's what we love. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> what were your thoughts on the Good Place? Honest, I think it was one of the like I know they they said this in the Good Place podcast. Uh, it's the smartest, dumbest show mm. on TV. Yeah. Like it's so weird that a show essentially about like philosophy and like morality was just so funny. Oh, and and sometimes like the silly, yeah. And I wonder if like us, because I do the same thing. I would I would look forward to listening to the Good Place the podcast, which I still recommend anyone going back if they even have starting from the beginning because it's just Mark Evan Jackson is like the goddamn best host. And but yeah, you're right. They always say that. But one thing I I I I, I noticed about the Good Place podcast it made me think is that I seem to be really attracted to the type of like shows where the people who make it seem to love it as much as the people that watch it. And that's what I got from the Good Place podcast. Everyone on it would be like, can you believe we're making this? Like, this is this is not real. This is not real. Oh, yeah. And when, like, the last season was airing, those episodes, they were because they had already finished filming by then. They were all like, yeah, we miss it already. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was. Um, I, fuck, I, I don't want to. Yes, I do. Fuck it. What did you think about the ending? Because that, that, that ending destroyed me on some levels of, like, I don't know if I even can just, I can't even give you a fair uh, reading of the the series finale because it hit me on such a deeply personal level. I'm like, I don't know if I really can, like, see away from it. But I, I loved it. I'm curious to see your thoughts. Here, your thoughts. I I, I think it was very good. Um, There were, I, I feel like it was, it probably should have been a little longer. I feel like it was a bit rushed. Oh, okay. Um, but for the most part, I feel like everybody's arc kind of ended perfectly. Yeah. To overshare for everyone listening, I had taken some edibles, like I like to do, and um, there's this one scene, and um, I've had a lot of, like, death in my life, like, to quote Donnie for my zombie, and um, for whatever reason, like, I, don't know, maybe, I think I had like, therapy that day or some shit, but I just, I was watching it in bed with my, my wife and I were watching it, you know, it's like there's some sad parts. And there's that one part where they're just doing this pan across and they're all having dinners. And I had this like flash of like, oh, if I was in heaven, who would I want to who would I want to see? And do you ever have those like kind of like kind of dreamlike moments where like, I don't know, if there's this like the split second of this, like kind of I can't really explain it where I just saw like my three friends that I would want to, you know, if I was in heaven. And from that point, that and the scene with Cheedy talking to Eleanor about the waves, like, I mean. It was like Endgame Ugly Cry. Yeah, I feel like Cheedy, he had the most scenes like throughout that last oh. season that just like broke me. Like I was like tearing up. I just had a, a death in the family and then I was at work you know, the other day, but I, I went for a walk and there's like a beach kind of behind where we like a little place you could walk. But it's like uh, we call it the beach, but it's like just on the river. And I was standing there and I was listening to some like, you know, just had gone through. I was just like, I just need to walk. I put on some uh, my sad music and I was just walking, uh, staring at the water, and I started replaying the scene of the good place with Chidi and Eleanor, and I was like, "Huh, this is like this 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 series and that episode in particular, like really helped me work through some like weird death um death issues I had my entire life from growing up with uh, sick and having a lot of friends pass." So I was like, "Am I?" And then I'm like thinking to myself, I'm "Like how? I'm like, am I reading too much into this? Like it's just a TV show, but again." It's that smart, but also the jokes, I mean, are fucking ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Like, especially with Jason, like the fact that like 
when they go to visit Florida at one point, again, spoilers for this whole series, but I mean, not too many spoilers. Donkey Dog, Donkey Dog. Donkey Dog. (laughs) (laughs) I love that actor. That just that whole episode was phenomenal. Like him hailing for a cab. It's a monster truck that runs over a cab. Oh, my God. And like the just the Jacksonville jokes and. the Yeah, just it was just the dumbest, smartest show. Like, yeah, I don't know. It really, it just got me, man. I re- I really liked it, and I I, I fucking that Jana episode, the Jana inside the void. Oh yeah, like th- it's one of those shows I would watch, and it would just be having these like moments of like, is this fucking real? And it's I'm a, surprised she didn't get nominated for like an Emmy or something for that episode. I know. I was disappointed. I who I don't recall who had gotten one. I wonder. I'm hoping it was a year where everyone was so good. It's, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate the way category like I, you almost need like a whole separate like a sub genre of different comedies because there's no way like the Good Place and the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel should like be in the same category, but they're both comedies, but they're so you can't compare those two, and 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 both um like I guess it would be supporting actor so Janet or what's it Darcy Carden and um oh who plays Susie I'm, Alex Borstein, but I think they both deserve the Emmy because those are some of the most incredible performances. But they're just such different styles of comedies. Like you can't put that together. Yeah, Fleabag probably won. I'm not gonna look it up. I'm just not gonna look it up. I'm just gonna try to guess who won this year. And remember, Fleabag won a lot of awards. Yeah, that's a show I never like heard of. Me neither, or saw. Still. Yeah, I still haven't seen it, but like I saw it like ran away with that. Like all those awards. Yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah, that gets. But then, but then, Janet in the Void. Come on. She played every character. I mean, she's uh, she's Eddie Murphy in the what's it, the Clumps, uh, Nutty Professor. Or her uh, Eddie Murphy's more famous film, Norbit. <laughs> oh God! Embarrassing story alert. Uh, I during college I worked at a college where they had these like academic like summer camps. As I would work, I would work there. I remember, like, we went the, the the weekend trips we took the kid, kids, they're, like, high school kids. Like, these are, like, junior seniors in high school or about to, like, maybe seniors who've just graduated and to go to movies. And for whatever reason, I was so gung-ho that Meet Dave was going to be amazing. <laughs> and, like, literally strong-armed, a, a, like, enough, like, a group of teenagers into, like, picking an Eddie Murphy, Meet Dave, and, like, my friend, and just getting my friend Nick. I mean, just... I'm sure there's there's probably uh, what's that? So there's probably they're probably not all those people are on their their twenties, and they're probably cursing me to this day. And we've never spoken, we'll never see each other again. They live all over the world. They're like that fucking dude from Landmark. Why did he? <laughs> he talked about how great Eddie Murphy was. He was, but like, meet Dave. Like, what the fuck happened? Yeah, but you know, one of those kids was like, man, meet Dave was really good. Maybe I should watch Raw. Oh, wow, this is offensive. I'm alt right now. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, Neat Dave was uh, garbage. Good to see he bounced back, though. It's it's, it's kind of, I was happy, to, I'm happy to see that. Yeah, recently, him and, like, Keanu Reeves, uh, Brendan Fraser, a lot of actors are having, like, a renaissance. Yeah, didn't uh, Brendan Fraser had, like... Re- he was sexually assaulted or something. Like he had left for not good reasons, and then I think I think I'm remembering that rightly. 
And, like, Keanu Reeves, like, the public just seemed to have turned on him for a minute. And then Matrix kind of brought him back. Yeah, I remember Brendan Fraser. One of the things was he was sexually assaulted. Because um, I know that came out around the same time as the Terry Crews thing came out. Yes. Um, Another he also Brooklyn. had um, an issue where his uh, his ex-wife now, she was, like, she was getting a ridiculous amount of alimony. He wasn't able to afford it because he wasn't working that much anymore because he had a back injury from, I think, the mummy. Oh. And, like, he just got hit with, like, shit after shit after shit. And, like, it was it was pretty sad. I was never really a fan of him. But, the, but then, like, I kind of look back and he's in a lot of stuff I love. And when he was used right and... Uh, I think you're gonna you're gonna dig what I'm saying here. His performance on Scrubs, I assume you watched. Oh yeah. Have you know this is why podcasting is fun because we've like well now we know each other but like we have the same language but I just just but no one else in my life I could say that to uh, at least where I live here you know that's what's so great but yeah his episode of Scrubs I remember watching that I'm sure we talked about this before but I remember watching with my dad at home and just looking over at him just like. Them. Where do you think we are? Like sometimes to fuck with Victoria, my wife, I'll just like turn to her and go, "Where do you think we are?" Just, <laughs> Stop! Stop that! It's such a mean thing to do to somebody. Yeah, that's like the one thing that like stuck out from that episode is just Brendan Fraser was, like, he was. Yourself. He's so good, comedic and dramatic. Like, yeah, he's good at playing dumb. He's good at playing that kind of smart, dumb guy. Yeah, exactly. And back w- before he had his back injury, he was great as, like, a leading action man, too. Yeah, he was kind of like uh, having the Zachary Levi moment. Yeah, exactly. Which he was in Maisel. Another, I actually met him at Comic-Con uh, last year. Not this, two years ago. I uh, I, I did a volunteer, I volunteered at Rhode Island Comic-Con, and... You're not supposed to, but for whatever reason, the person that I was working, I never met him, but I, I worked at Tim Curry's booth, and with some, which basically means I sat there with his, like, PR, P, I don't know, whoever his team was. He was behind a curtain. But at one point, they're like, oh, can you run to the green room to get something? I'm like, oh, I'm not supposed to go back there. They're like, oh, you're with me. Don't worry about it. So I walked in there, and it was Zachary Levi sitting next to Tom Belton, I think his name, from Flash. Yep. And uh, he um, was uh, Julian. Yeah, and like they were like in mid conversation, I just kind of walked in and I, what, you know, I wanted to freak out. Uh, Shazam had not come out yet, but I had just, but I had seen him in Maisel. I think yeah. that's right, but Shazam had not come out, and um, I was like, but oh, I love the show Chuck, and I wanted to, but I, there's like a lot of strict rules about that stuff, but it, we kind of like they looked at me and they'd give me like the nod, and then I just got the food and did the nod back, or like, or like, hey, nice to meet you, because you know. You'd, they're at Comic Con and they're they're in the green room. I didn't want to be like fanning out on them as much. Like, well, him I knew from Flash, but I just like I don't know. I got I, I freaked out. And I probably think it was the right thing to do because I was a volunteer. I didn't want to get kicked out. Honestly, that's almost a cooler story too. To be like, oh hey, what's up? Just kind of like give him the nod and like walk away. Yeah. <laughs> so I I I must have looked like a, they must have known because I I walked. I literally stopped dead in my tracks and looked at him. And I'm like, fuck, you're handsome. <laughs> Because I knew him from Chuck, and that show is not great, but I really liked it for for what it was. And he's such like a, a schlubby dude. And then, did you happen to watch Miss Maisel? I haven't. I was a huge Chuck fan though. Uh, Miss Maisel. Oh, you. It's fair. I, well, I'd, if you ever watch, if you end up watching it, I'd love to hear your opinion of it. Uh, but he has like a role. It's like set in the 1950s, so he play he plays a doctor in it for some of the episodes. 
But he was great in Shazam. Did you happen to see that? Oh yeah, he was. He was really good because he nailed that character. Yes. Because like, he essentially, like in real life, he is that character. Like he's this nerdy, like fanboy kind of guy. He's and really funny on Twitter. He is, yeah. I feel like he seems like a very genuine person. From uh, our head nod, uh, I'll say yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was way better looking than I thought in real life. It was surprisingly that surprised me. But it, yeah, it was um he I Shazam I it, it it was um it really got it really got underrated like a lot of it didn't get enough of the buzz. I think if it was like bad, it would have been like yeah another DC movie sucks. Fuck you assholes. But since it was, like, good, everyone just was kind of like, eh. Because it came out, like, post-Endgame, I want to say. Yeah, I, I feel so bad for it, too. Because, like, DC is on a big course correction right now. Yeah, I've, I heard and Birds of Prey was good. Birds, Yeah, I saw it. It's actually pretty good. But, it like, Shazam underperformed, for oh the most God. part. And Birds of Prey debuted below Shazam. Oh. And, to, and, and to be fair, um, the reason I didn't see Birds of Prey is because I just didn't feel like it yeah that's I, I get that like it's kind of a like i'll wait till it comes out on dvd type thing yeah it's because and i actually really like margot robbie i really like harley quinn um i just hated suicide squad just left such a bad taste in my mouth yeah and actually, that and justice league oh yeah that too. you know i, I could be also be overthinking it maybe it's just the time of year it came out i'm just like i don't feel like going out because i'm a i'm a big uh we'll go through phases where we go to a lot of movies but mostly because like i live like three minutes from a movie theater, and I, I go on like five dollar Tuesday. Yeah, but I heard I heard it was really violent. And I think the night like we had a Tuesday to go, I just like was really not in a violent mood movie mood. It was a little going more Pixar-y. Yeah, it felt very much like if Deadpool made a Harley Quinn movie. Like it, it had that kind of feel to it. Oh, see now that I, I wish someone told me that because that makes me want to see it like twice as bad. Well, maybe I'll go see it this weekend. It, it looked good. I. I wanted to support it, but I just didn't want to go. And so I, um, one, one big life update for anyone out there listening. I, uh, had gotten a job at Target this year for about a month. I did like a seasonal job for, didn't last very long. But because of that, I got a large discount and it was Black Friday. I was able to purchase a 65 inch TV. So like going out was hard because our TV is really nice. Yeah, that, I was talking to my brother the other day because he got a, um, a 55 inch. And I recently, well, not recently, two years ago, got a uh, 43-inch smart TV, 4K. And, like, we were talking because we both remember when we got our first HD HD TVs. Yeah. I bought a 19-inch Sylvania, not even, like, a huge name brand. And that thing is, like, a brick. And that cost me 250 I spent the same amount on the 43-inch. Like... I think we got a 65-inch smart TV, and it was, uh, I think, 200 and, like, two, because of the Black Friday deal and plus all my discounts, it was, like, 200 bucks. It's insane how cheap TVs have yeah. been. And it's not, you know, cause, and especially with TVs, like, they're all pretty much the same unless you jump up to, like, Samsung or, like, LC, but everything else is about equal. Like, uh, I have, like, a Roku, and then, or, like, the, or, like, you know, what's behind me? Let me look at this one. I have a Dynex I purchased at Savers for twenty dollars. Yep, there's, there's that's co- what co- I companies used to have, uh, no one's ever heard of. Oh, I got a thirty-two inch Dynex right behind me right now. So. Nice. I also got a PS4, so that there's some a dip in some podcasting 
for a lot of reasons. The one of them was that I rediscovered Grand Theft Auto V and Spider-Man. Oh my god, Spider-Man was the game that got me back into gaming. Yeah, it, oh my god. I Do you have any recommendations? I don't know what to play next. Um, have you played any of the Uncharted games? No, I literally played Spider-Man and Grand Theft Auto and like maybe Tony Hawk on PS3. I, I'm not, I would never be a, I like video games, but I tend to be the person who plays like maybe one, two games a year. So Uncharted is very cinematic. Um, the yeah. first game in the series isn't like the greatest, but after that, Uncharted 2 and 3 and 4, they're phenomenal games. I've heard um, Red, Red Dead or Red Dawn. Deduction? Red Dead is very good. Um, I, I haven't Red played Dead. 2 yet, but I've heard the uh, kind of tutorial last very, very long. Like oh, you play ooh. like two, three hours, and then you finally get into the actual gameplay. Yeah, I can't do that. I'm such a like... In my perfect world, I'd be able to buy all the Tony Hawks from PS1 to 3 on one disc and just play forever. But they're <laughs> not even in the fucking PlayStation Store. I don't want yeah. Tony Hawk 5. Ugh. Oh, don't you want Tony Hawk Ride, where you get that weird little skateboard peripheral? <laughs> I don't know if I played that one. Is that the no? I the last one I had bought was like Downhill Jam. The last one I played, I think, was uh, American Wasteland or That's Underground Two. Yeah, those I loved. Did you know they're making a documentary about the the games? Oh, I didn't know that. I'm gonna have to find out who's making it and interview them. But I saw it, might, it or maybe it's on Kickstarter. Or, but it, it was cruising around the internet. But there's it's either being made or there's funding looking to be secured to make a documentary about Tony Hawk. And it makes me happy because, like, that really – that was the game that changed a generation. I mean, it it really introduced me into so much – it really – it pushed me into so much music. Like, there's no way I – I mean, I would – I don't know. But, like, it, it, it essentially introduced me to punk rock in a way. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like, the soundtracks are what stuck out from those games. Like – Yeah. Like, The Offspring, like, stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, Suicide Machines. Um. Do you have the thing, like, I have very specific memories of, uh, like, if I hear the song, I can remember playing, I'll just have these, mem- right, I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, Tony Hawk 2, Venice, I remember playing at my neighbor, Jim and Chris Dowd's house, like, they had it, they had PlayStation, and we played every day, we were all obsessed. And when you would hop, we would listen, it was Lagwagons, May 16th, hopping over the bum- the bums in Venice, and every time I have that thought, that little guitar kicks in, that ding 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 and for some reason, that's like the saddest song to me. But like that <laughs> that one. Then there's uh, I think it's Tony Hawk. There might be two or three in the hangar when the fir- the first time we played it and um, Anthrax, then Public Enemy song, the Bring the Noise comes on, and you're like breaking through the glass. Oh my god. Yeah, those those games are so like stuck in my brain. You know what I mean, like. I specifically remember there's like this weird farm level. I think it's in underground or underground two. Yes. Okay. I remember and like a little Bam Margera's there and you're like, why the fuck is Bam Margera in this game? Yes. Oh my God. I, I, man. And, and maybe like, I could be wrong. Maybe in the earlier ones, you couldn't turn off the music or, or for the reason we just didn't. And, or I, I guess like Goldfinger is a popular one, but like, you would end up hearing a song like uh, that, like the first time I heard Alkaline Trio Armageddon, I hated it, which which is funny because now Alkaline Trio is one of my favorite bands. But you play the game so much, you had to keep hearing the same song over and over. And sometimes you would hate it, and then you end up loving it by the end. Yep. <laughs> I love the one was it American Wasteland where they just had a bunch of punk bands doing covers. 
I like, think it was. Seven, yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Yes, I remember that one. Like it saves the day, my chemical rims, but they all and like Thursday all do covers of like, uh, like seventies punk bands, like the like the Buzzcocks and whatnot. Yeah, and then it kind of fell off after that. Then like Skate came in. Skate was phenomenal too. Yes, I just took out Skate Three from the library, but it turned out you can't play that PS3 game on a PS4. Ah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I really like Skate. I do remember there was another like a Matt Hoffman BMX BMX game that was terrible. I remember this other rollerblading game that was terrible. I remember there was also another game. It wasn't Skate, but it tried to be like Skate before Skate, where it was like like you could barely even ollie, like you couldn't do anything fun. I remember the um, I think it was Matt Mira's BMX. Yes, that thank one. you, thank you. <laughs> that and it was garbage. That was garbage, but the soundtrack was actually pretty decent. <laughs> That's one like, thing those games like nailed. Yeah, the, they really were, and just the, I mean I I I want to like watch YouTube videos of Tony Hawk One because you know you open in the warehouse, you go down the ramp, you take a right, you go up, you do the fucking grab it, you hit your melon, get your air, you go straight down, you do like like a melon or uh, a, like an indie grab 180 through the glass, land on the railing, and then you try to do that. Because remember, in the first one, you couldn't manual, so you really had to stick, like, everything had to go perfect. You just didn't want to touch the ground as long as you could. Yep, and then there was, uh, what was it, the A or the K was in the uh, little glass ceiling. Yes! Oh, my God, man, you're putting me there. And then I remember, (laughs) and, like, I think, I think, what is the, I think it was, like, because by the time I was done playing them, like, you were getting, like, 7 million points. But, like, in the first one, it was, like, I think, 500,000 or maybe like a million was like improbable. Yep. And then they, uh, then they introduced all those weird like cheat codes where you could get like Spider-Man as your character. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I'm staring and I'm sitting in front of some Spider-Verse art and I was trying to think I'm like, am I thinking Spider-Man in the game because of what I'm looking at or is it because of that was, yeah, I do remember that. I do remember that one a lot. We reached a really weird, uh, stage in like graphics because I was, um, I bought San Andreas because I used to love that game after I had just beat five for like the millionth time. And it looked like shit. Cause it was at that era where like our technology was like at the time it was the best it could be, but it was, it's, it, it tried to look too realistic, but it not looking now, looking back, it looks like weird, but there's some games like old Nintendo that still look good, you know? Yeah, definitely. Like some, I think the issue was like, if they tried to go realistic, like if you went cartoony, like, stuff like Banjo-Kazooie, Super Mario 64, they still look okay. Like, the remastered versions look fine. Yeah, that's but true. like, San Andreas, like, every character looks like a thumb with a face drawn on it. Yeah, I wonder how the first Tony Hawk would look to me now. I'm gonna have to try on a YouTube of that. Like, the original, like, a pre- But, um, even, like, watching, um, the Toy Stories, like, watching the first one now. When the first one came out, I remember, like, watching it and being like, this is real. This is actual real. And now, compared to, like, the fourth one. I'm like, oh, wow, they've come a long way. Oh, yeah, I saw on Reddit there was a comparison of the Sid's dog and the cat that's in the antique shop in Toy Story 4, oh. and it's just insane, the difference. It's like they used, it looked like, it's unfortunately the Lion King looked beautiful, but was garbage. But, like, Toy Story 4 works so well on a lot of levels, but, like, because I felt that the, um, it looked like the Lion King, but they were supposed to be toys, so, like, that technology works so much better than like the lion king where they're supposed to look like animals yeah <laughs> for some reason that i don't know they don't my daughter watches little parts of it quite a lot so i've had to see pieces of it <laughs> not unfortunately not toy story 4 but oh my god toys did you see toy story 4 yep oh my god 
that's we've you know, you get into those phases like we tend to watch the same things over and over. And my wife and I, like, we saw Toy Story four like ten times in a row. It just became <laughs> our Spider Verse for a minute. It's like the key. It's really, you know, it's funny, it's emotional, but like the Key and Peel stuff, like, kills me every time. The joke about with the laser, with uh, how they're gonna get the key. <laughs> oh, the the several different like versions of what could happen. I think the last one where like just goes on and on and on, like. Oh, <laughs> but then you have that, and then you have that scene where Woody and uh, Bo Peep see each other for that first time, and you really believe it. But then you also know they can't say anything, and it's like this, like almost like Jim and Pam tension. Like, but you can almost maybe they're smiling. Like, it's really unreal. And I've heard some complaints that people didn't like that they weren't all together. I was like, well, you had three movies, and the the story had to continue. And I, I, I really was on before it came out. I was like, there's no reason for this to exist. It's gonna suck. What, what, and then you saw Forky, and you're like, what the hell? And then I saw it, and I was like, okay, you did, I'm wrong. Just make these forever. Yeah, I had the same exact feeling. I feel like Toy Story is the perfect franchise. Whoa. Yeah. It might be. I mean, if you, if you look back, like, even when Toy Story 3 came out, like, their scores were, like, 100%, 100%, and 99%. Like, the third one, too. Yeah, because I guess I thought the third one just ended it so well. But I, yeah, I, what an interesting idea to, to, to send Woody off and like, I don't know, it was, it was on so many levels, the stuff with Gabby, Gabby hit hard, like it, it was really made on so many levels for, for like the parent, like me, who's watching it with, with like my, well, my daughter doesn't really watch it yet, but she will. Or like, I was thinking of like my parents watching that with me, not watching it with their grandkid kind of like that's like that's happening right now so like gabby gabby is kind of for like the older like the grandparents who watched it with their kids who are now watching it with their kids and then the little kids who are now like watching it for the first time have forky and then people our age we have woody and buzz and it's it just hits on so many levels yeah that's a franchise that like it evolved with with its audience while mm. still staying like relevant to the kid like the children audience and if you get like real deep into it, if you think about it for too long, you like get, it can get very spiritual and like very like religious and kind of weird, but like, I don't know how they do it. They just, you really believe these toys are alive. Like the second I put, like think too, about it for too long, I'm like, oh, that falls apart, but there's something about it. And yeah, I, I thought the Buzz, who I would like, as much as I would like to see him more in the movie, but I thought, not having as much buzz for that last line of him delivering the she'll be okay, and then you find out it's like, uh, was it Bonnie will be okay? And I was like, all right, he did it. That that was worth not seeing buzz as much just for that line. It was just it made so much sense, and I I want to see Woody go off with this adventure. I mean, he like had this. It's like he didn't even realize he had the most amazing life that he had everything that everyone ever wanted, and I don't know. God, it just it's just so good. Now, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the reason there was so, like, little buzz was because Tim Allen has just become so controversial lately. Oh, interesting. I wondered that. No, I didn't want... I wonder. I wonder if that was if that had anything to do with it or... Because that movie's been getting made for so long. That's a that, That's possible. But he still has that show on Fox. Yeah, but even so, he likes... That show got canceled on, I think, ABC initially. Oh, that's right. Wait, so the the gentleman who went to jail for uh, oh no, who like is a is he like an F, an informant or whatever, or something like that? Like he got arrested for cocaine trafficking. Oh yeah, 
that I remember seeing the mugshot with his like weird the mustache. Yep. Yeah, isn't it funny that that's not the controversy? That he's yeah, like, he's like a reformed drug dealer. Yeah, now he's just kind of like a like a like the epitome of okay boomer. Like that's yeah. what he is now. But and I I'm not gonna come to his defense, but that's kind of always like I I had some like I remember having this conversation with a buddy of mine who was like kind of pissed off like. Uh, Tim Allen was like this like, conservative, whatever. I'm like, do you watch Home Improvement? Like, he's kind of been the same guy and involved into the exact same guy I would expect him to involve into. Yeah, the thing is, though, I think he didn't evolve with the times. Like back in the '90s, that was a very '90s sitcom dad, like like stereotype. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He very much fit in with that kind of character. Yeah, no, I he's. I think he's always always been kind of like. A conservative dick, and I don't think a lot of people knew he was conservative. I said he's a Trump guy, I think, right? Yeah. Plus, that fucker murders Santa Claus, so. Yeah. That guy had a good run, huh? Santa Claus. Yeah. All to be ended by Tim Allen. <laughs> what, what was the the bad Santa Claus? Is it two or three? The one with Aisha Tyler and the Tooth Fairy for some reason. Three is the one. Uh, that's got Aisha Tyler and the Tooth Fairy. I think are in two as well. Oh, okay. But three is the uh, Jack Frost one with like yes. time travel and all that shit. Yeah, that was like one of those movies that should have just stopped right there. Yeah, like the idea only worked once. Even two wasn't terrible. It wasn't good. But three, they were just like, yeah. We just gave up. I'm, yeah. What else did he have? Yeah, like the Shaggy Dog. I remember. I was just about to say the Shaggy Dog. <laughs> Toy Story. Wild Hogs. Wild Hogs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not defending Tim Allen by any means. I'm not. I just was never the biggest. I don't know. I don't think I. I just don't think I was ever like the biggest fan of him, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I like. Uh, I was about to call it Tool Time. Um, Home Improvement. Like that's a. Yeah. It's a pretty decent show. Like I'll watch that in syndication. Yeah, like Nick at Night reruns. Like I grew yeah. up on that. Yeah, same here. And and that show too. The joke is that he's the idiot. And I guess that's exactly. hard for people to watch now, for some people, but understandable. Yeah, plus he does a, uh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the actor that played Wilson died. Yeah, I think he died a few years back. Yeah, and then I never saw Al in anything again. Oh, he, um... He hosted Family Feud for a few years. Oh, good for him. Is his name Richard Kahn? I don't know why I know that. Yep, Richard Karn. Karn. And then the mom was in West Wing. I don't know if that was simultaneous or what the timeline is, but I watched West Wing many years later. That's another show that I've I like I hear great things about. I just have to get into it. Yeah, it it's very good and it gets better, but like the first, you have to be okay with it being dated. Like, the first, like, and it, and I, I love it. Like, I think it's perfect, but I have to say, someone, like, I didn't watch it when it aired. I saw it many years later. It took me a little bit to get into it, because it was a little, it's a little cheesy at first, but it gets, it, it, I mean, it's one of the greatest television shows. My, my, my comparison is, like, you know how, like, The Sopranos is, like, one of the great, is, like, one of the greatest shows of all time? But even there's some yeah. Sopranos episodes and plotlines are just fucking cheesy and just they're just point out bad. The West Wing is like suffers from that of being like the best ever, and then some of it is like, eh, 
but overall, it's a, it's incredible. I, I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's, I, there's just so much like TV out there now. It's crazy. Like I can't keep up at this point. <laughs> I know. Now you're like talking about something that's like what, how many years old? Right. That's like 30 years old at this point. And, and then like um, my we listen. My Victoria and I listen to the uh, West Wing Weekly too, which was I'm loving that new trend. Like I'm, I don't know. Do you want, are you listening to Office Ladies by any chance? No, that's another one on my list that I have to get to. And, you know, that's a good one that you could also – part of me wishes I wait for it to, like, get a little ahead of itself so I can listen to, like, ten episodes in a row. But yeah. it's really good. But it's um kind of the same thing. But it's uh, Joshua Molina, who comes in some of the later season and Risha Herway. Um, do, like, you know, theirs was first, but doing a rewatch of The West Wing and they bring people on. But it's cool because, like, I, I listen to tons of those podcasts. But now it's nice to actually the people who make the shows are making are making those types of podcasts too, not just nerds like us. Yeah, see, I love stuff like that where you like kind of get behind the scenes. Like even yeah. like there's been a resurgence of like documentaries about the behind the scenes of like famous films, like oh or even God. ones that didn't happen. Yeah. Like I know that um there was just one about Galaxy Quest. I haven't watched. Wait, it wait, wait, back but... it up. There's a documentary about the making of Galaxy Quest. Yeah, I think it's called Never Surrender. What's it on? Um, I'm not sure. It just came out recently. Whoa. But. I, that, that, oh my god, we were just talking about Tim Allen. Oh, shit. And I forgot Galaxy Quest. (laughs) Legitimately, one of my favorite movies ever made. It's phenomenal. It's, I I hear people say this all the time, and it's true, it's the best Star Trek film. (laughs) I never really liked new Star Trek until the more recent stuff, so that makes sense. It is. Maybe that's why I'll always have a soft spot for Tim Allen. You got Home Improvement, Toy Story, and uh, Galaxy Quest. I've watched Galaxy Quest so many times. And then tied into The Office, Rain Wilson's in it too. That's right. And um, the oh my God, he's on he's on from Veronica Mars, but he's also in um. Oh, Enrico Colatoni. Yes, thank you. Yep, Enrico. <laughs> yeah, and then there's um like stuff with like. Movies that never got made. Like, I know they did one, um, The Death of Superman one? Lives. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd love to see that. <laughs> and then I know there's, um, well, Netflix, there's like a big documentary boom, but Netflix made that show, The the Movies That Made Us, which was really good. Yep, I started watching that. Every once in a while, I'll be like bored and I'll just throw on The Toys That Made Us because yeah, it's just so that. interesting. The Turtles one was fascinating. Yep, that one. I love the wrestling one too. I didn't see that one. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's, it is interesting to be like, because all this stuff is your kid, like, oh, these are just a bunch of adults. And like, that was someone's nine to five and they made the turtles. Exactly. And to see like, uh, I just watched the He-Man one recently, too. They made the cartoon because of the toy line. Like, like speaking like of reboots. Oh, yeah. Didn't they just do uh, She-Ra? They're doing a, another He-Man, uh, Kevin Smith and Mark Menardin and probably a lot of other people. But Kevin Smith's doing their uh, a new He-Man. That's interesting. Coincidentally, yeah. he was also on uh, Superman Lives. <laughs> I was just thinking that, too, because that's why I, I heard him. I, I saw Jay and Silent Bob reboot when it came through Providence. It was awesome. He um got to be he became a really good filmmaker, I got to say. And I, I love Kevin Smith, but I'm like more of a fan of him as a podcast host. And mm-hmm. like I really like his movies, but like he'll be the first to say cinematically he's not the best director. But yeah. he really grew as a filmmaker. It, there was, like, part of it, like, this, his daughter's a really good actor. Like, literally part, brought tears down in the house. It was so good. 
Plus, um, he started doing a lot of uh, TV directing, too, like the Arrowverse shows. His episodes that he's directed are just great. Oh, yeah, he did a lot of Supergirl. Yeah, I I think he did. Um, He might have done Flash Time. Oh, I think you're right. Did he do the run very back when I used to watch Flash? I think he did that one. Yeah, he's just he's just like kind of I feel like he found his way, lost his way and then found it again. Almost. Yeah. And I love hearing him talk about it. And he was so fortunate, not fortunate, but he like did it intentionally or unintentionally. But like why he was like his film career was tanking. His podcast career was soaring in this industry that was is up and coming. Like, you know, like a Mark Maron just right just became like one of the podfathers. Though I think Maron's probably way more recognized, but Smith, Kevin Smith has like a cult fan base. Oh, yeah. And especially like two of his movies were made because of that podcast. Yeah. Terrible ones. Yeah. Tusk wasn't like probably I never saw him, but <laughs> yeah, Tusk is a very grotesque movie. Like there's a scene where like I was just like, Ugh, oh, God. And like, I'm pretty fine with horror movies, but like even that I was just like, well, this just looks just looks gross. Like <laughs> a, a buddy of mine, um, Chuck Stanton, who's been on the show a couple of times, um, who you know lives here. He, like, is the videographer or editor or director. He works with the Tell em Steve guy, Dave guys, doing, like, the videography stuff for their Patreon work. Mm-hmm. And, like, like, that's how cult Kevin Smith, like, there's Kevin Smith, and he's got all, like, his underneath. And there's, like, a whole cult of the Tell em Steve Dave, and there's, like, a very, like, small, you know, there's, like, a cult around that whole little world within that little world. Like, it, that shit was deep. It's, like, Chuck, there's, like, has, you know, people know him who are of that niche of the Tell Him Steve Day world. Like, it just blows my mind how big that world is. Oh, yeah. Even um, one of the Impractical Jokers is, um, I, I think it's Q that's, like, involved with that, too. Yeah, I think that's, you know, I don't know anything about them. And I think that they, he, like, every time I talk to Chuck, I'll, like, talk about, I, I know of it, because I think he works with Quinn. I think that's his name? Yep, Brian Quinn. Yeah, because that, but I'll, I've always had to, like, in my head, I'm like, I don't. I've never actually saw it because I never had cable when it was on. That's one of those shows where it's like, it's fun to just throw on and what kind is of like, it? It's a hidden camera show. Oh, um, essentially, it's these four guys. They've been best friends since high school, and they're in a comedy troupe, and they give each other challenges. And it's like a hidden camera show where they have like an earpiece in, and you have to do what you're like told to do. And at the end of the the episode, whoever lost the most challenges, they have to do a punishment that they can't say no to. Like one of the punishments, one of the punishments, um, three of them lost and they all had to get tattoos that the one who won decided on. Wow. Like one of them has Jaden Smith tattooed on his thigh because of that. Oh my God. (laughs) I don't know why I never, because the only time I ever saw it, it would be like waiting in a doctor's office and like, that's not a great way to gauge how good something is yeah definitely not <laughs> no yeah i I, mean, I know they have a movie out but it just it's so funny how much uh how much that's happening man hey so i actually have a question about your podcast yeah do you ever find yourself going back and re-watching some of the ones you've done because like i know a lot of the episodes you've done are based on bad stuff but i also know some of them, like, well, for example, like when we did the first one we did together, we did my favorite on air show, that one season show, God, the Devil, and Bob. 
Is there anything else besides maybe that that you like watched or went back to watch after you did the episodes because you like, just genuinely liked it? Uh, hold on a sec. Got to look at the list real quick. <laughs> understandably, understandably. Like, That's was, one of those things. Yeah, I'm where, like, wondering like you know, I wonder like if Mia is like uh, Mia of the cynical cartoons if she's like at home and just like I'm just gonna watch Madam Sandler. <laughs> I think there was one, but I can't remember what it was that I, I watched like a few episodes of it. Oh, Police Squad. That's what it was. Okay. And that's, is that the one you do with Jacob? Uh, no, that's the one I did with, um, Jesse, but that's the, uh, you did the tick with Jacob. Yep. But, um, Police Squad is what, spun off into the Naked Gun films. My favorite movies of all time. They were like my, those were like my Star Wars growing up. What was, um, I gotta write that down right now, because I just thought two great, two things I have to ask. Okay. Uh, so, when you were recorded the episode with uh, Jesse Thorne of Bullseye, America's Hunk, if you will, um, <laughs> who pitched Police Squad, you or him? He did, actually. Interesting. Is that like a play? Like you're like giving people. All right. That he picked a good one. Yeah, uh, I think he was talking about um. It's when he has a cabin, and that's like one of the VHS tapes that they had there. So like anytime they're up there, they watch it. But like that wasn't even on my list. Like I sent you the list before. I have like a massive list of like weird shows I've kind of found, mm. and unfortunately because of like the way YouTube works, a lot of them. I have to go through and comb through and figure out what's been taken down due to copyright claims. But yeah, that wasn't even on the list. And like he suggested it and I was like, wait a minute, that's Leslie Nielsen. I got to watch that. And it was actually good. Yep. That's so fucking cool. How did you how did you book him? man? What was uh, I got to ask? How the hell did you get Jesse Thorne? That's such a big get. So basically what I do is I just um, I have like a beer or two and then I go on Twitter and DM people. <laughs> and be like, hey, you should be on the show. And sometimes they say no, and then sometimes they say yes. <laughs> that is what more people should do when they get drunk and not harass people. Exactly. <laughs> so you're a hero. Thank but, you. Uh, I, I, no, I like to think so. <laughs> uh, not all heroes wear capes. That's so cool. That was um, a really, really great episode. I really liked that one a lot. And he Thank like you. genuinely seemed to be a fan of the podcast. I don't know if he had listened before or like, or just the con, cause your concept is really fun. I think people who come on your show, like myself when I came on, like, it's exciting, cause it's such, such a cool idea, especially knowing that you have to, like, kinda piece it together. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's one of the things that, like, keeps, like we talked about earlier, that's what keeps drawing me back into it. Like, even if I'm off of it for, like, a month, like, like I did, uh, in January, I think, was when I pre-recorded a ton of it, and early February is when I, like kind of ran out but even then i was just like "Ooh, i kind of got to record again like <laughs> it's just not, not enough hours in the day no there are not <laughs> and then um how did you um end up connecting with jacob Haller? he's a, a a fellow local rhode island podcast friend of mine um i don't remember if i dm one of us dm the other i think i dm'd him and asked if he would if you wanted to be on. Did you guys and, learn about each other? Cause I'm, I'm 
not to make it about me, but I, do you ever do, I get really excited if I, one of my friends become like friends, I'm like, they had to learn about me from each other. Because I would be like, there's no way they would know each other. Unless it was Potter and Family, it was my only guess. No, I think, I'm pretty sure I learned about him initially from your show. Woo! <laughs> but yeah, then I, uh, like everybody else, I just kind of DM'd him. And Great he was guy. like, yeah, I'm down. And he, he was the one that actually brought up the tick, I think. Yes, I love that one. Because that, I, I'm sure I tweeted about it at the time. If you drew a Venn diagram of fans of Unaired and Jacob Holler's, um, tell me about your song and love you like, love you like crazy podcast. And the first season of The Tick, because I also was watching the Amazon one simultaneously, it's me. <laughs> it was like the most, I'm like, how could, it was the most niche thing. I'm like, no one else would understand this except that. <laughs> it's just so fucking great. <laughs> Cause I loved that. I loved, loved the tick. And when it, the, that, that, well, the Amazon one's incredible. The f- one that you guys did, I remember loving it. Turns out it was not good. Yeah, no, the cartoon was definitely better. <laughs> yeah, I remember the cartoon. Did you, did you happen to see the Amazon one? I saw the first half of it. I don't think I saw the second half yet. The last thing I remember was Arthur getting captured by the terror. It only does two seasons, so it might be like a lower commitment for you if you're looking for something new. But that, you know, I'm, um, I don't know if you ever listened to the podcast Blank Check with Griffin and David, which is one of the great podcasts. I bet if you pitched on air to him or someone from like the tech with, of the, of the, the tech and they had to like finish the ending, you might be able to get them. Cause everyone who made it just seems to love it so much. Yeah, I think he was on, um, he was on another podcast I listened to recently. Yeah, he's he's pretty well. He just he's gonna be in the new He Man. He's uh, he's been on like you know he's like a working actor now. It's cool, and their their podcast is huge. Like they were like ranked by like Time Magazine and stuff. My brother turned me on to it. It's really good. Yeah, uh, I always confuse him because he and another Griffin, Griffin McElroy, they both have the same first name and they have a very similar look. You're right. So I always like see comparisons of them. And I think they're buds. At some level? Yeah, I think Griffin was on Blank Check at one point. That sounds about right. I, it's, oh my, the circle it back to Small World. Um, Jacob and I got to interview um, Griffin's brother Travis on this show. And at the time, I didn't realize how big my brother, my brother and me, I, I, and they're like coming around and playing like Foxwoods in like this month. Yeah, they're doing their tour this year. Uh, that's like a level of pot. How crazy is that? Like, I mean, like when I remember when we interviewed him, just I, the whole time I was like, wait, you get paid? Like, you're a full time podcaster? I couldn't <laughs> get over it. Yeah, I remember that episode of your show. Oh, like, um, I'm actually a, a huge fan of my brother, my brother and me. My, uh, my buddy Steve and I, we drove down to West Virginia for one of, every year they do a, like a holiday show in their hometown in West Virginia. There was one year that me and him drove down and, like, went and saw it. That's so fucking cool. I love shit like that. Yeah, I've been to, I think, like, four of their live shows, which is weird because I don't go to, like, concerts or anything. For some reason, I just go to podcast live shows. (laughs) Our our friend Mia, uh, maybe things have changed since, but, like, back when we uh, had recorded, when I recorded her last, uh, same thing, like, I think she had, like, just moved to L.A. and, like, We'd go to like live podcast tapings, but it wasn't like comedy shows and music or anything like that. Right. It's like such a weird kind of thing. Like, like people are like, Oh, I went and saw like 
I don't know, Luke Bryan. I know a bunch of country girls. It's weird. Um, but like, they'll be like, oh, I saw like Luke Bryan or something. And I'm like, okay, cool. I just watched three brothers make dumb goofs on stage. <laughs> and people love it. It's, I, it's crazy. Like they just passed, uh, well, technically 499 episodes, but their episode 500 just came out. I wish I had done a better job. Like, like I wish he was one of the people I kept in contact with. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy to see, like, cause podcasting doesn't feel like it's crazy old, but you see shows like passing episode 500. You're like, holy shit. Yeah. Like it's still what? 12 years old, maybe 11. Exactly. I think like 2004, 2005 was when it initially started. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's wild. I mean, I'm my favorite, my, per, my personal example is like, I remember at the job, I'm still in the same job. I've been in the same job for five years. So this must, this must have been maybe three years ago. Uh, our, one of the, our, our friends at work threw this really big, uh, party and it was really special, a really fun night. And I remember my friend Amanda, asking me about my podcast because she didn't know what a podcast was and now flash forward five uh like three years later every friday when i see her she's telling me about the new true crime podcast or whatever she's listening to and she's like older than i am but it, it, it's not even going from like you we had to explain would have you and i would have to explain to someone that you did a podcast you would have to there were people a lot of people you had to explain what a podcast was you'll still find it now but it is way less Oh, yeah, definitely. And like there's it's grown to like such like there's so many genres at this point. Like it's like going on Netflix, like everybody can find something they're going to find like they're going to like. And there's still and it's still such a weird entry point. Like you have to it's there's still for better or worse. It's a spot. I know people are trying to change that, but like you still kind of have to be in the know. But which kind of works, I think, in our favor because it's so guest driven. Like I'm a my the thing I always have to say is come for the guest day for the host. Like that's how I feel like I've reeled everyone in, and vice. I think that's how most podcasts really really work if you think about yeah. it. Like this app I love called I use called uh, Laughable. You could subscribe to an individual person, and that's how I find so many podcasts. Because like I'll find a person that I like from their work or their guesting or whatever, and uh, then it's you know if, if if I see like you or someone I know on a different podcast, I go listen to it, and it's. You build these, um, it's called, have you ever heard the term parasocial relationship? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I have so many of those. And then because of the podcast, I get the experience of actually getting to sometimes talk to those people. Yeah, it's crazy too, like, just like how many people, I'm sure you've had this too, where like, you meet these people, you're like, oh shit, they were on this podcast, I gotta listen to this podcast, then I, I gotta listen to the, another podcast that that host guested on. Like, oh yeah. Dude, you had Jesse Thorne. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I've listened to his voice so for so many, so long. It's like, uh, it, it's weird because then it's like you get to, the you get, you we have this platform that allows us to A, B those people, but then like, you got to listen to Jesse Thorne or, or Jake, anyone, and then be like, now come talk to me. And then secretly you're like, oh my God, this is so weird. It's strange. Exactly. Yeah, like, I think it's part of it's because we're like still on the early end of it. Like, this is like yeah. early YouTube type thing. Yeah, we're going to get fucked, right? Is that what it means? Like, give us a few more years and all the indies are just done if we don't make the jump. (laughs) But, I mean, like, um, like, television shows or actors or, like, talking to people I've seen on TV. It's just, I know, it's such a mindfuck that it can lead to this stuff. Maybe not money, 
yet, but it's so cool. Like, uh, getting to, like, 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 big guy zombie fans, like, getting to talk to Rahul is just, like, I'll just still be like, that's weird. Like, I'll watch the show, and I'm like, I got to talk to him, and he was on a TV show that I actually love. Yeah, it's crazy, too. Like, even just, like, seeing, like, guests of other shows and stuff. Like, I, I love iZombie. I love your show. And then all of a sudden, I'm watching a YouTube channel called Funhouse. And all of a sudden, Rahul pops up. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, it's crazy how, like, connected things get. Yeah. I, and maybe that's why podcasts work so well, because of the personal stuff. But, like, people... It, I, for, from, like, um, the, num- the numbers game don't add up, right? Like, not as many people listen to per episodes, even, like, the big ones. Like, you know, St. Joe Rogan, the biggest one. But, like, Rahul did, like, my podcast. But that is, if, if someone's going to listen to you on a podcast, it makes you more of a deeper fan. Regardless if it's an indie or a big one. But, like, you know, like, it, that's so crazy. Yeah, I feel like you're able to kind of, like, delve in a little more, like, like even like shows like late night shows, they get maybe 10, 15 minutes to talk to someone and it's all stuff that's agreed upon beforehand. Like it's rehearsed, but like you get into a podcast, it could go anywhere and it lasts for however long the conversation goes on. And, and for better, for better or worse, I am, um, I'm, I'm actually, I'm a huge fan of the Joe Rogan experience, but like that, it's crazy. Like in the, in the, the age where our attention is being drawn away the longest, like, one of the biggest things that emerge is like podcasts that are like one, three, maybe his are all like three hours long. You know what I mean? Like in, a, in an era of Insta story, three hour podcast YouTube videos are super popular with a younger generation and older. And it, it's funny because it's such like an old man thing. If you really think about it, it's very like old time radio, essentially. Exactly. It's going back to radio, basically. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, had the good fortune, I got this gentleman, uh, his name's James, I forgot his last name, sorry, but he, uh, I think he has a podcast that just started now called Something to Follow. He had reached out and, like, wanted to grab coffee, like, pick my brain because he was thinking of starting a podcast, and, um, I forgot where I was going with all that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, yeah, he was the one who made the joke, uh, he's older than I was, he's, like, re- retired, he's like, what an old man thing to do, and I was like, but I'm young, but I'm like, yeah, you're right, it is. <laughs> I was like, my hobby is sitting and just talking with people. And as I've done it more, I realize there's more to it than that. But at the core, the fun, the fun part of it, this is the fun part, the most fun part. Exactly. The unfun part is having to edit. (laughs) Yeah. Editing, which I found when you record everything well, the first time it's a lot easier. (laughs) (laughs) Took me a long time to learn that. Um, Yeah. And then like the building or trying to like, marketing and all that fun stuff which sometimes can be fun but it's only so many hours in the day and um, exactly i teamed up the producer because i just couldn't do it all myself and uh she's incredible and so good at that shit shadow paper <laughs> oh yeah. man it's um oh what were you gonna say i was gonna say one of the fun tips i've learned while editing is i play everything back at like 1.75 times speed so that way i don't have to listen to my own voice normally and plus it gets done fast faster. That's so <laughs> smart. Yeah, it just sounds like a bunch of chipmunks talking. <laughs> yeah. That's really that's save me time. That'd be great. Yeah, I wish <laughs> I was had the means to just pay someone to do this stuff. Oh same. <laughs> that's that's the goal one day. Uh that's I I know at that point now I just like obviously I'd love to make money, but if I could just do get to a point where I could um have it not cost me money, I would be very happy. 
Exactly, like a break-even point. <laughs> yeah, just like break-even. And now I've gotten like really into merch. Um, up and uh, off mic, make sure you send me your address. I want to send you some like stickers and stuff and uh, yeah. magnets. But for anyone actually listening, I'll put this in the intro. So never mind. But yeah, um, so like we have some. I just started. I started using Sticker Mule to make merch, and then like uh, my producer and I'm gonna be meeting up with a designer pretty soon. Like I want to like kind of go all crazy with it, but like you gotta pay to get this stuff made, which is fine. But I want to do a lot of it, so it's like I need to make some sort of revenue just to make sure I can start going because I I don't I just get these like awesome ideas or these ideas and you want to run with them like I don't have that much money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why like anytime I do like a design for something, I throw it up on T Public. I don't like deal with like oh I'll just buy them all from this place and then ship them out separately. It's like no, I need design because like. When I when I was learning photo uh, Photoshop, I just do like stupid like pun stuff. Like I hope, I'm surprised Disney hasn't like taken it down yet. But I did a uh, Jaws parody, uh, but it was Porgs of that like iconic image of a porg with its mouth wide open, and it replaced uh, Jaws. Uh, but like I was, that's just like a dumb thing I did to kind of learn Photoshop. And I'm like, you know what? I'll just throw it on T Public. See what happens. And what happens? I'm not familiar. Oh, it's uh essentially you just basically put your design up and you get like kind of a commission on every sale that they make of a t-shirt. What? So like it's yeah, so like it's like between four like two to four dollars you make on everything sold. But yeah. So if I put like a t- the Let's Chat logo on there and someone bought it, I would get money for it instead of me having to go make them myself. Yeah. And I wouldn't have to do anything before that. It's just throw it up there and just hope. Market. Yeah, like, pretty much. There's a few. Uh, I think Redbubble's one of them. There's I've a used, few different places. I never. So this is what's embarrassing. I I shop on Redbubble and T and T Public, and I did not know that's how it operated. And <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch! You brilliant son of a bitch! You um. I have to send you some. I'll send you uh some some drafts of what uh, Brianna is working on. So I teamed up with a producer and for with the intention to have some help with the not help to be to to team up to build to um do and her skill set turns out she can do everything is more like uh, I would say anything that isn't mic stuff she's like a behind the scenes kind of person like her pro- professionally job like she's a professional so I had this like idea for people which people will eventually see pretty soon where I was like, oh, I just had this idea. It'd be so cool when we send like thank like, like a thank you card for someone for coming on the show or whatever to have like a picture of the Golden Girls that says thank you for being a fan. <laughs> that was I honestly thought it was a great idea. And then she she's like, okay. Now mind you, I did not know she knew how to do design. I had asked her to team up for because of all her other amazing skills. And I'm not just blowing smoke up her ass. She's you'll, I'll have to send you these. She comes back to me with these three pictures of the Golden Girls. And one of them is them as the Simpsons. She's like, oh, I just know you like the Simpsons. I'm like, wait, I literally meant like a picture of a gif and I was going to make a meme. And I was like, you know how to do that? <laughs> anyway, I think that would be such a cool shirt. But I'm like, oh, man, that's going to cost too much money to make and then try to sell. I just don't think that's going to happen. I didn't know about Public. Yeah, it's it's literally just throw up your design and they just do the rest. Man, I, I love my logo. I When I hired um, Brian Malloy Design... This logo, like, part of our initial discussions were, like, I want a logo that would look good on a shirt. So, that's, that's interesting. 
Yeah, I always forget. Where are you based out of? You're close, right? Ish. Yeah, uh, Massachusetts. Internet close is what I call that. Yeah, Western Mass. <laughs> Never mind. Have you ever been to Great Wolf Lodge? I have not, but I hear the commercials all the time. Yeah, I'm going there again. It's really fun if you have a small child and be very creepy if you go there without one. <laughs> I just went to uh, this past year, a friend, my friend, my good buddy Gavin's fiance, Amina, uh, she works in the cannabis industry and they were going to Canacon in Springfield. So I actually ended up getting a pre and then, so he's like, dude, you guys want to come? And for anyone out there, it was a convention for people who work in the cannabis industry, but no actual cannabis. So it was, it was actually a lot of fun, but it was interesting, but I ended up getting a press pass for it. And that was like the, I had not been to Springfield in a long time. Beautiful casino you got. Yeah, I was about to say, was that before or after the casino went in? Yeah. What the hell happened over there? Yeah. That's uh not a great area. I just had jury duty not that long ago, oh. and it's right across from the casino. Yeah. <laughs> we did go to this amazing pizza place. Was it Red Rose? Yes. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. <laughs> I remember really liking that. But it's – um, but I love I love Western Mass. But, oh, uh, so we went up to uh, – the dispensary in Northampton, and then spent like a day in Northampton. I had not been to Northampton in many, many years. I spent a lot of time there growing up, home in Ninja Turtles. And so, like, <laughs> Western Mass is beautiful. And I, when I worked in Southern Vermont, or went to college and worked in Southern Vermont at Laramar College for many years, and we would, you know, spend time in Northampton or Green Greenfield, or we'd always go like White Rider River rafting and like spend time in Amherst. Like, what? And my parents love like Mass Mocha. I went to a summer camp in Great Barrington when I was much younger. Yeah, my brother, uh, he went to college at uh, UMass, so he was lucky enough to kind of get the whole Amherst experience. Sure. And then you got, like, Hampshire and, what's the, uh, Williams, Mount Holy, like, Smith. My grandma went to Smith, so that's why I'd always spent a lot of time there. <laughs> yeah, the five college area. Yeah. it's do, Well, you're an adult, so you, you probably don't spend much time there unless you work there. Uh no, I go to the gym up there. Yeah, so. that's good. But it's like in in Providence, there's a Thayer Street, and that's like I'm only there if I'm like eating or like going to a movie. I don't like hang out there because it's yeah, weird. It's weird, like going to that area, like because I've been out of college for three years, uh, and like I'll see like college students like walking around the gym, like you don't know how lucky you are. Enjoy it while you can. Oh, I know. <laughs> I've been out of college since 08, and I graduated older than some people. I, I graduated at, like, 24. <laughs> so, like, it's like they're, like, baby. I love, you'll get to a point where all of a sudden, like, college kids look like babies. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. Like, I also graduated, Um, I, I think I was 23 when I graduated. I took a year and a half off after I failed my initial senior year. But um, Of high school? No, of college. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, I overloaded myself for my last semester because I'm like, I got to graduate on time. And then, uh, ironically, I didn't graduate on time. Did that work out in your benefit? Yeah, eventually. I, I, I honestly wasn't even like, it wasn't on my mind initially to go back. But I kept getting pushed by like everyone like, no, you only have like three more credits to go. Like, just yeah, go back. That'd be so dumb not to. Like, yeah. the, the parent inside of me is like, Edward. <laughs> but, oh, how, good for you, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I. How, if they ever do like any of the like when they do like podcast meetups, if feasible, uh, at the What's Your Writers Club, come down for one. Even though it's not nearly as close as I was hoping it was. 
Yeah, but if like if I got the day off, definitely. Yeah, it'd be so fun. They there's one on the 18th. Uh, have you ever been to the PRX studio in Boston? No, I applied for a job there. They didn't accept me. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think I probably have done the same as well. I went to one with Jacob uh, many years, but if if there's ever something like within the halfway spot, we should try to podcast related. Let's do it. Yeah, definitely. Well, we'll say we'll do it, but it'll be very hard because I have a small child and that makes life hard to do things. But I sometimes I get to. Yeah. Did you see uh, up in uh, Boston, they uh, the Staples started uh, building podcast studios. What? Yeah. A few of the Staples up there have podcast studios in them that you can like rent out. Really? Yeah. No, I actually don't know any good. I need to find a studio in Boston. I don't nothing planned, but like I want to. If there's certain people, if when you want to get people on tour, Providence isn't always the the spot they're gonna. But Boston's the closest place everyone comes to. Right. Yeah. So that's where I want to like have like a Zoom, so I can like at least be like I can come to you because it gets a little hard when people are touring or like all right, I know you're in Boston, but can you come to the Staples on in Back Bay, even though you're in like Cambridge? But yeah, I, I, as I've learned from a host, varying on the level, you want to make it as easy as possible for your guest. Yeah, that's why like I use uh. Even though it's burned me a few times, I use Zencaster sometimes because I'll be like, Same. it's just like easier for them. They don't have to worry about like Skype and then recording something on their own end if they don't know how to do that. I've lost multiple episodes and, and, and it's some of it, it's not entirely anyone else's fault, but some of it was like, I remember one time, um, all right, yeah, his name is Mike Sachs. It, it's a, one of the early lost episodes. He had written this book called Poking the Dead Frog that I fucking loved. It's like interview with comedy writers. He was an editor for, or senior. He like he worked for Vanity Fair, and he like I walked him through installing Audacity, and I don't think he ever figured out how to export it. And just the episode like never happened. And no, this is many years ago, and I think he had a small child at the time too. And that happened a few times. Like people would just, you know, it sucks. So that's uh, you're right. That's why you want to just make it as easy as possible for the guest. Yeah, even if it's, like, at the risk of, like, having lesser quality for your, like, audio, but. No, you're absolutely yeah. right. I mean, it's weird to say, too, like, podcasting is, like, a lot of it is perception, because I don't think anyone's numbers match, like, your social media presence. Like, so it's, like, you know, I'd rather just have a guest with a bigger name on with bad sound quality than risk not having them at all. Exactly. It's better to promote an episode with bad quality that you can apologize for. And if you lose the viewers, you lose viewers. But, like, you know, when you're writing your pitches to people, it just helps because there's almost no one ever goes back to listen to them. So you get to say that name, and it's so huge. It's huge. I don't know if that's why people say yes, but especially when I, when I started, like, a little bit more working with more PR people, which is not that often, but it happens. Um, I find that seems to be a, a thing when you can have just throw the name in there because I guarantee they're not going to go back and listen to any of those episodes. Yeah, no, it's almost like a resume. Like, no one's going to, like, actually check to see if you worked at, like, IBM. But, like, if it's on your resume, they're like, ooh, that's impressive. That's a good point. Should I just start lying and, and, and listing the, the popular episodes that would have been that, like, um, I lost one with Sean Clemens from Hollywood Handbook? Yeah, just start listing those. Yeah, um. an hour, <laughs> hour and a half. Just put, like, dead air for an hour and a half. See like, if anybody. <laughs> so I think we talked about this. I don't know. <laughs> it was a long time ago. <laughs> Just recap it. <laughs> Have you lost any episodes? Yeah. Um. The one that comes to mind is 
we did a uh, show called Something Wilder. It was with Gene Wilder. And the recording, I, I don't remember if it was on my end or my old co-host's end, but one of our recordings just, like, shit the bed. Mm. And we were like, oh, fuck. So, like, the next day we came back and recorded it again. But, like, the nature of the show is just so, like, weird because it's structured in a way that, like, you recap the TV show you watched. A lot of the jokes come out, like, it's essentially improv, like, mm. and you can't really recapture that. Plus, you're already going through again. It's essentially like if you're, it feels rehearsed almost. Yes. And that's, I think that's the only one so far that we've lost. You, uh, you're lucky. That's awesome. That's actually probably better. One of the stranger things, I had lost half of that episode once where they, I had their half, but I lost my half and my computer crashed. And I'm not going to say which episode it is because I get, I bet you could figure it out if someone listened to it because I've been too embarrassed to check it out. But I went in and I listened to their half and tried to piece together what I thought we said to make the conversation cohesive. Oh, I almost did that too. There was an episode where I forgot to switch over the audacity from my computer mic to my actual mic. And my audio just sounded horrible. I'm just like, what if I just dub over what I'm saying with my actual with my uh, actual mic? I've had episodes like that where my I, I still think about doing that. But now they're so far back. I'm like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you get to that point. I was like, that guy. You, you get to that point. But um, you, you, oh my god, it's been an hour and a half. Holy shit! <laughs> I didn't really look at the clock. That's awesome. Uh, did you have another podcast as well? And I'm so sorry I forgot to bring it up until just now. Yeah, uh, I started doing a uh, – this is my second attempt at doing an audio drama. Um, it was called Inspector. That's like, right. Yeah, like Inspector, but Spectre spelt like a ghost. Um, but, yeah, that's currently on hold. I hit writer's block, so, yeah, I what I do with that type of thing is I just kind of jump into it when I have the idea. Mm. I don't really like plan ahead, which I really should. Like I, what I need to do is I need to like get the rest of the episodes of this season written and then get to doing it instead of writing one at a time, yeah. doing the episode and then getting to the next one. I give you credit, man. That sounds like so much work. Yeah, I was surprised. Like, honestly, some episodes of a 10-minute podcast where you have to, like, put sound effects, you got to, like, do all that shit, it can take, like, longer than, like, just a conversational podcast to edit. Like, oh. even, like, like episodes of Unaired that are, like, an hour, 20 minutes, like, that's quicker to edit than oh, I bet. something like that. Yeah, because for the most part, you just, yeah, absolutely. Um. Ed, um, this has been so much fun, but i got to kind of wrap it up because I didn't realize what time it was because we were having too much fun, and I have to go to bed pretty soon, like uh, Dorcas Malarcus. But I, <laughs> is there anything that you want, that you would, if you had not brought up, if we, I didn't cover yet, you wanted to jump at? Um, I mean, not really. Uh, kind of talked about both my podcasts. Um, uh, I don't know, vote, I guess. <laughs> Hot take, don't vote. Oh, you know what? I'm going to agree, agree with you on that. Don't Tr vote. Tracy Morgan, that shit. Don't vote. <laughs> you know, if nobody votes, then nobody can win. We should just end it right there. And people are like, wow, <laughs> they're the biggest morons in the world. <laughs> That's not how voting works at all.
<laughs> so yeah, all right. So vote. Um, hopefully this will be out before November twentieth or November seventh. Yes, it definitely will be. <laughs> <laughs> it's what March. <laughs> That'd Surprise! Be really November twentieth, twenty twenty two. In the vacuum. Awesome. Um, yeah. So where can people find you on uh, online? Uh, pretty much everything is at Unaired Podcast. Uh, basically use Twitter from the unaired account as if it's a personal Twitter. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's exactly what I do because I can't manage two accounts. I'll talk to you soon. This was a ton of fun. We'll 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 podcast again.